Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is November 26th. Yes, it is Thanksgiving week, and that means it's week 13 of the 2019 NFL fantasy football season. My name is Michael Nazarek. I am host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind uh, Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good friend, uh, and I hope you're having a very uh, uh, good holiday season, Chris. It's Chris Rito. Say hello, everyone. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and to Marsha and to all of our listeners out there. Yep, having a good week so far. A little bit of a cold, a little bit of a bad storm going on in Indianapolis right now, but uh, uh, on the whole, can't complain. Yeah, I tell you, it's going to be an interesting uh, Thanksgiving day here in uh, Las Vegas area. We're supposed to get uh, rain and in the elevation, Mount uh, Charleston over here, uh, snow. Uh, starting tomorrow, Wednesday, all the way through uh, Friday. And uh, it's going to be like highs in the 40s here uh, with, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, we might actually get some snow or something, lows around 30 degrees. So, uh, you know, it it does get cold in in Vegas, people, you know, not during the summer, but, you know, this is Thanksgiving. 40 degrees is not cold. Don't don't give us that. (laughs) It's cold for us here, okay? (laughs) Usually we get down in the 20s. We we usually get down twenty in the twenties once or twice in the winter time. Usually it's in January, but uh, you know we we got uh, dumped on a whole bunch of rain over an inch of rain, and it, it's significant because we normally get five inches of rain, and we're like six and a half right now for the year. Uh, about uh, two days of almost drenching uh, this time last week, so it's kind of been uh, interesting to say the least weather-wise here in Vegas. So, but come on, come on down. There's plenty of. Uh, Plenty of ways to lose your money on this trip, people. Anyway, let's get to the NFL news and notes of uh, the week. Uh, guess what, people? There are no more buys. That means that uh, all those players that you have to sit because they're not playing this week, you say bye, bye, bye to the buys. That means everybody's eligible if they're not injured, that is, of course, to be playing on your team. And so uh, but uh, let's get to some of the news here. A couple of quarterback changes. Uh, Andy Dalton is going to be starting the Red Rifle, uh, Red Rocket, whatever his name is. <laughs> He's going to be starting in Cincinnati against the Jets this week. So, uh, Chris, I guess this is good news for Tyler Boyd. Anyone else? So, well, how, how does Joe, Joe Mixon figure, figure into this? And, 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 and does this no longer make the New York Jets defense a must-start? Um, I I think they're still probably a pretty good start because the team still hasn't really shown a lot offensively. But, yeah, like you said, Mm -hmm. it's really a big boon to Tyler Boyd. I'll talk a little bit more about him later. Um, I actually thought this might have been an indication that A.J. Green was getting ready to come back because they didn't want to bring him back with a less than acceptable quarterback option behind there. So, but I haven't heard any signs about A.J. Green. So maybe that means it's more likely Green's going to see some time in the last few weeks of the year. I don't know. 
but it clearly shows that they're willing, they're trying to win a game and not go winless. And they clearly believe, and I think they're right, that Dalton gives them the best chance to do it. Now, as to Mixon, I don't really think it makes a difference because if you look at his stats over the course of the year, they were just gradually getting better and better each week. And he actually had a very good game in Dalton's last game right before the bye. Uh, his three best games have been the last three with with Finley under quarterback, but he was actually really starting to work toward that. So I think it was just coincidental, and I don't really think this improves or, or decreases Mixon's uh, fantasy opportunities any at all. Yeah, I see the people that are running out and grabbing the Jets going, oh, darn it, now they've got a competent quarterback behind center. It's going to throw for more than 120 yards. But, you know, that's that's the way it is, people. Still, like you said, I think the Jets are top six, seven uh, unit for the week. Uh, the other quarterback change in Pittsburgh. Uh, they went in there and played the Bengals, and uh, Mason Rudolph was struggling. And so he was yanked for Devlin Hodges, a duck. Ducky, right? Uh, anyway, uh, that's uh, that's his nickname. Anyway, uh, he threw a long touchdown to uh, to James Washington. Actually, uh, ran most of it uh, after he caught the ball, and they got the, the win. And now uh, Hodges is going to start uh, against the Cleveland Browns. It's a rematch of the I don't know Bounty Bowl or whatever you want to call it, where Miles Garrett got suspended uh, for forever <laughs> for the rest of the season. Anyway, so Hodges is starting. So what is this? And, and, and it doesn't look like James Conner is going to play. Kind of Juju Smith-Schuster is up in the air. Is this still a, a good good play for any any of the Pittsburgh players here, or is this just a rack them up for the Browns' defense? Uh, I, I don't really think I could make any reasonable claims about what the Pittsburgh offense is going to look like uh, this week or the foreseeable future. Uh, honestly, you know, I, I know this sounds a little bit like a conspiracy theory. I'm not entirely convinced that. Rudolph's bad play just didn't give them justification to not put him out there in front of the Browns uh, defensive linemen and linebackers this week rather than risk any any sort of retaliatory shots on him. Uh, yeah. But, but, again, he has been playing very poorly, so I, I think a change was in order. I just don't know that another inexperienced quarterback with uh, uh, an ex- inexperienced running back and receiver crew with all their injuries is really going to make a big difference. This this team's still going to win and lose on their defense, and uh, I just don't know what to expect there. If anything, you know, it might give them a little shot of life, like what what usually happens when you bring in the backup quarterback. But I I, I don't know what to make of it. <laughs> okay, uh, well, uh, guess what, people? Chris Carson's fumbling issues are back. Two more fumbles this past week, and it happened in the early enough in the game where uh, Rashard Penny came in and got 14 carries, ripped off a long touchdown run, saw 49% of the snaps. And now Pete Carroll, after the game on Monday, was saying that, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to get them both in there. They're both important to the offense, and, uh, you know, they're just going to bang away or whatever. Uh, so what does this mean if you've got a Chris Carson owner? Uh, let's, you know, I, I've got him on a couple of my teams, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're running down to the playoffs here. Uh, is, is he no longer a, a must-start or a good start? Or, and uh, I guess if you got uh, lucky enough to have Rashard Penny, I don't. Uh, you know, you, I guess he becomes a flex option. What, what do you think? It's a good possibility. I mean, even if they go 50-50, they are still a fairly run-heavy offense. There might still be a uh, reasonable opportunity for both guys to be at least flex-worthy. Um, I'm not entirely convinced this isn't Pete Carroll being he, – remember, he's more of a collegiate-style coach than a pro-style coach. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely convinced he's not trying to light a fire under Chris Carson. Um, yeah, he's fumbled, and, and it's clearly been a problem. But with professionals, with grown men, you don't usually do this kind of thing. But – but a guy who's got a college mentality might. And I, and I think he's trying to really uh, just kind of 
light a fire under Chris and, and motivate him because when he runs angry, he's kind of in that Adrian Peterson mode where an angry Chris Carson is a dangerous Chris Carson. I wouldn't rule out that that Carson is still going to be the guy, but I want to see it happen. And I know they they invested a lot in Penny also, so they want to see Penny do well as well. So it, it's a little bit iffy, but my gut feeling is that Chris Carson is still going to be a solid play uh, with the right matchups through the playoffs. And uh, this week they're playing on Monday night, and it's a home game, but it's against the Minnesota Vikings, a very good run defense. So does that give you pause to uh, to bench Chris Carson if you have a sol- solid alternative? If you've got a very solid alternative. He's still almost matchup proof just based on volume. Uh, and I still think he's going to start. Now, if he fumbles, he might get yanked again, but I, I don't think they're going into it with a 50-50 plan like a lot of people seem to be implying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, well, uh, the, before we get to the uh, fairly short list of uh, primary injuries of the week, a big one hit uh, out of nowhere on Monday morning. Eric Ebron over there in, uh, where you're from, Indianapolis, uh, I guess he's got some bad ankles. They want to do some surgery. He's been kind of playing in pain and all, and they placed him on IR. Obviously, this is a boon for Jack Doyle, but what else can you tell me about the injury and how that affects the Colts offense? Well, I, I think how it affects the Colts offense is not much because they're really high on Mo Alley-Cox, kind of a raw former basketball player sort as their third tight end. And I think he can slide in and be the same sort of guy that Eric Ebron was, uh, kind of a little bit of a mismatch down the seam. He's also actually much bigger, believe it or not, than Ebron. So uh, he, he might be a, a just as good of a red zone threat. So I think the offense isn't going to change at all. They're going to slide Ellie Cox into the Ebron role. Um, the, what it what the interesting thing is more what happens down the road because a lot of people are speculating that Eric Ebron has played his last game in a Colts uniform and that they're going to you know go their separate ways. I think he'd only signed a couple-year contract and his contract may be up in the off season. So that's going to be real interesting for dynasty owners to see what happens there. But I think from a short-term perspective, the rest of this year the offense won't change much. Think about Mo Alley Cox if you're desperate at tight end. Okay, so that means you'll be seeing him in the rankings this week. <laughs> okay, uh, let's get to the injuries real quickly here. Uh, Matthew Stafford's not going to play on, on Turkey Day. Uh, put that back. Uh, in fact, Jeff Dursel has kind of got a sore hamstring there, but he's improving. He's limited in practice today, so it looks like he's still on track to play against the Bears uh, at home. Uh, Carson Wentz with a hand that he got his uh, uh, x-rays negative came out, so he's expected to play for the Eagles this week. Uh, Marlon Mack still out, uh, not going to play this week. Jonathan uh, Williams. Is the guy there, obviously, with the Nyheim Hines. Jordan Wilkins did not see a carry. I think he played one snap in that game. Uh, is there any uh, information that you know about what the uh, what, what caused that uh, to happen last Thursday night, Chris? Yeah, I think he actually just got passed on the depth chart because he actually did play 12 special team snaps. So he was clearly healthy enough for that. So that that's what makes me think that, that this is a real deal and that, that Jonathan Williams actually has leapfrogged him. Okay. Yep. It looks sounds like it. Obviously, you cannot trust Jordan Wilkins. So, uh, anyway, uh, moving on over to uh, Atlanta, Devonta Freeman with a foot. He practiced fully th- Tuesday after they said that he was limited on Monday, though they didn't practice on Monday. So it looks like he's got a pretty good shot to play uh, the Turkey game uh, against uh, the Saints. 
like I already mentioned, James Conner with a shoulder unlikely to play this week. Jordan Howard with that stinger, uh, he's still not 100%, so it's very iffy for, for this week. And we'll see. Uh, Miles Sanders will be a fantastic play if that's the case because they're playing Miami this week. Uh, Matt Bryder with the ankle is still sore. Uh, we'll see if he practices later this week in San Francisco. Chase Edmonds uh, returns to um, practice uh, on Monday. So he's expected to play this week. So let's see, you got Kenyon Drake, you got Chase Edmonds, and you got David Johnson, the forgotten man. Uh, Chris, real quickly, your thoughts on this. Is David Johnson worth even starting anymore? Uh, or you, you just go ahead and go with either Drake or Edmonds? What What do you think is going on there? I think you got to go with Drake. I'd be, I'm would be. i going to have to see David Johnson play significant snaps uh, before I can feel comfortable starting him again, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it is unfortunate. It's going to be interesting to see what happens at the end of the year. He's got that big contract there, see if they move on or what they choose to do or maybe trade him. I don't know. Anyway, uh, wide receivers, Julio Jones with the shoulders and not practiced the last two days. Of course, they didn't practice on Monday, but this today he didn't get through the walkthrough. Uh, it's not going to become that much of an issue unless he can't practice tomorrow. Maybe they just might be holding him out for the for, since they play on Thursday. Tyreek Hill with the hamstring, he's likely to play. We'll see if he fully practices later this week. Good news in Minnesota, people. And I'm feeling for the first time in like close to a month, practice today off that hamstring. They had to buy. He hasn't played in like three weeks before that. He tried to come back and play uh, one or two snaps there and re-injured it. That was fortunately for about four weeks ago. So uh, if you're like me and you've been holding on to him, maybe you're going to get some use out of him this, this Monday night in, uh, in Seattle when the Vikings play in Seattle. So keep an eye on the injury report on Thursday, Friday, and we might not get a final notice on that until Saturday. Uh, T.Y. Hilton. Uncertain to play. Any updates on T.Y. Hilton with a calf? It kind of tightened up on him, right, Chris? Yeah, and he's he's actually talking himself about he's not being very certain that he's going to be able to play. So, that, And he's usually very confident and very aggressive in wanting to get back on the field. So that has me a little bit concerned that he might be missing a, another game. Okay. Uh, A.J. Green officially is day-to-day. We'll see if he practices later this week. Uh, I already mentioned Juju Smith-Schuster with a concussion and knee uncertain. We'll see. Uh, Golden Tate is in the concussion protocol after uh, landing hard on that touchdown catch that he had uh, this past week against the Bears. Uh, so we'll see if he practices. Mohamed Sanu with the ankle uh, in New England, still uncertain there. Alshon Jeffrey with the ankle. Uh, you know, they hope that he'll be able to play, but he was limited last week, couldn't go. Uh, Hunter Renfro, uh, the young rookie with the Raiders, he broke a rib and punctured his lung, so he's probably out for the season. He's certainly not going to play this week. Uh, back to Atlanta for tight end. Austin Hooper sprained MCL. Probably going to miss another couple of weeks, not play this week. Evan Ingram with the foot uh, in uh, – I mean, I'm sorry, with the knee, uh, sprained MCL for the for the Giants. We'll see if he practices later this week, kind of up in the air there. Delaney Walker has been progressing finally. He's been out for about six weeks with that ankle injury. He was listed as – he limited practice last week, listed as doubtful. We'll see if he can uh, progress and maybe become questionable, might even play this week. Uh, Robbie Gould, uh, the, the one kicking note here for the 49ers, Apparently with that quad injury, he's close to playing, so you might not uh, trust uh, Chase McLaughlin yet. Uh, uh, We'll see. And, of course, they might need the kicker because they're playing up in Baltimore. It's going to be very, very – it should be a very entertaining game, maybe a low-scoring game there. We'll see if they can limit Lamar Jackson, that is. Uh, We have a complete uh, comprehensive list of all the injuries on the site updated on a daily basis, so check it out there if you're a subscriber. Uh, We'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, 
and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, people, please check out the website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of free good stuff on there, including a daily NFL Quick Bits page. Any kind of news that hits is posted there. And the offseason includes the injury updates uh, the pre- that, that goes premium during the season. Free eye on Sky uh, scanning reports, including a couple each week from Chris Rito on the covering the Colts there. Uh, we, uh, of course, are pumping out our, our weekly premium fantasy and season newsletters with daily releases, including daily premium injury quick bets as injury hits and, and updates. And as people practice, we update uh, our subscribers on that. Uh, expanded picks to click, the market feature, NFL game matchup analysis, my mastermind moments. Uh, our player rankings come out after the practices are over on Wednesday initially, uh, tiered out, and then uh, and then we update them on Saturday. Uh, John Holler offers the inside slant. Holler from the cheat seats. And uh, all this is, you can check it out for the cost of less than the cost of a, a, a large pizza, nine ninety five for the rest of the season. So go to ffmastermind.com under the premium click uh, link on the top of the home page. You'll see uh, premium samples. You can check out uh, past market features uh, from this year. I think week four, as well as the inside slant, a couple other features. So if you want to check out what you would be buying, that's how, what you can see there. And please follow me on Twitter at FF Mastermind. Let's get to the picks to click and flick for this week, the week 13. All right, a couple of quarterbacks you like, Chris and why. I know you're going to think I'm crazy. I'm about the only guy in the country that likes him, but I like Jared Goff this week. Uh, uh, I know Goff's been the worst in the league the last three weeks by far, but he's got all his receiving weapons back now, and he'll actually get the chance to air it out some this week because I think Arizona's well-rested and can move the ball on this team. And the Cardinals have allowed a league-worst 29 passing touchdowns, number one in allowing points to fantasy quarterbacks. Over the last four games, they've allowed an average, average of 370 passing yards and three touchdowns with a low fantasy total of 26 points allowed. Goff can't do it this week. He never will. Remember, I did call Trubisky's three-touchdown game a few weeks ago, and if he can do it, so can Jared Goff. And I like Drew Brees this week. I mean, I, I think I told you last week that the Atlanta defense would crash back to earth, and they did, and they're still number five most generous overall the quarterbacks. Now they get a pissed-off Brees who got stifled by them just a few weeks ago. I will take my chances with Brees on a short week. Interesting stat here in 13 career games at Atlanta. He is averaging 336 yards per game and is top 325 in nine of those 13 games. Nice. Yeah, I've got Breeze, and I'm starting him for sure. A couple of guys I like this week, Sam Darnold. Have uh, you been uh, riding the Darnold wave the last couple of weeks because of uh, really nice matchups? You've been smiling, and guess what? He gets the Cincinnati Bungles, uh, Bengals. <laughs> I think he's going to throw multiple scores in this one, so if you got Sam Darnold and you need him, start him. Carson Wentz, uh, well, I said if, if, earlier in the newsletter when we released this on Monday morning, I said if he's healthy, he's going to rebound against the lousy Dolphins, and guess what? He's going to play. Uh, and he might even get Alshon Jeffrey, but even if he doesn't, uh, he might get out Nelson Aguilar back. They got uh, Ertz, they got Sanders, they got uh, you know Goddard, uh, so they got plenty of healthy uh, uh, people that are talented and can catch the football and score. And uh, Carson Wentz is going to have a good game there. A couple of guys on my uh, don't play list, if at all possible. Wow, uh, Deshaun Watson following in the steps 
footsteps of Dak Prescott, he's going to have to play the Patriots. The only good thing here is that at least this game is going to be in Houston where hopefully there won't be a, a snowstorm going on like what Dak had to go through. But guess what? He still has uh, 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 the uh, Steve Stephon Gilmore, uh, you know, McCourty if he plays. Uh, the Patriots just stifling defense. Uh, you know, Watson struggled mightily against Baltimore's defense, uh, you know, and this is a very similar situation. So I'd be very careful about starting him this week. And Daniel Jones, uh, only uh, Dak Prescott has actually topped 18 fantasy points against the Packers this week. So uh, Daniel might be good for score, but you need more than that if you're playing for a fantasy uh, championship and maybe a playoff berth. So be careful with him this week. How about a couple of uh, quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Well, you mentioned Dak Prescott. We'll start with him. I know a lot of people are down on him after that rain-soaked debacle in New England, but I'm actually looking more closely at the whole body of work all season. All of it's been against substandard pass defenses. Until the New England game, all but one that he's faced were in the bottom seven overall. Now they play the defense that's ranked number two against the fantasy quarterback that has only allowed seven passing touchdowns all year. Dak also has a very poor history on Turkey Day, averaging only 165 yards and less than a touchdown per game in three holiday classics. So I think if you look at him, his numbers this year are skewed by four 400-yard games, but the other seven games are all under 270. Which of those is more likely against Buffalo? I'm going to say the low end. And I don't like Phil Rivers this week. The offense is moving more towards the run as Gordon rounds into form and Rivers has struggled, and Denver is his personal struggle bus. He has topped 20 fantasy points against Denver exactly once in his last 18 games against the Broncos, and he's thrown way more picks than touchdowns. Denver this year has also allowed the fourth-fewest yards and fourth-fewest fantasy points per game to the quarterback with only two games over 250 yards allowed. Yuck for Phil Rivers. Yep, I'm worried about Phil this week, too. (laughs) Okay, how about a couple of running backs you like and why? I love Tariq Cohen this week. Uh, The Lions have been tragically bad all season and have allowed a ludicrous 17 running back touchdowns so far. The key here is that they've allowed a league-high seven receiving touchdowns to running backs, including one to Cohen in their last meeting a few weeks ago. Cohen's been a very big part of the Chicago offense the last two weeks, garnering 27 touches the last two games and averaging 15 PPR points and scoring twice. So I like Cohen to stay hot. And then another guy in the timeshare is Darius Geis. Panthers have allowed a whopping 15 rushing scores. No one else has allowed more than 11, despite being in the bottom 10 in rushing attempts against them. But strikingly, they've allowed eight of those 15 rushing touchdowns to secondary running backs on the team. So even with the 50-50 split, I like Geist to have a better chance to break off a big player, an explosive play, and if anything, this weak opponent might be the chance for them to get him a little more run and see what they got in the young guy. Okay. Well, for every reason that you said about Darius Geist, I love Adrian Peterson in this game. I think both guys can score. So if you got Adrian, this is a very good t- chance to uh, play him. He had a really good matchup earlier this year. I can't remember who it was, week four, five, six, or whatever. And he had a good week that that week, too. So uh, I, I I don't have a problem with playing Mr. Peterson this week. And uh, Miles Sanders, I think he's going to score against the Dolphins this week. I don't know if Jordan Howard is going to play, uh, whether he plays or not. Uh, Jay doesn't seem to be uh, much of a, uh, of a threat to the uh, snap count of Miles Sanders, and he's seeing all the all the uh, looks out of the backfield, too, so I like Miles this week. Um, a couple of guys I'd be careful about. Mark Ingram, you know, I know I love, on, on Monday night, uh, you know, against the Rams, I th- didn't think he was going to run that well. Uh, well, you know, he did, and he scored <laughs> twice. 
But the 49ers are much better defensively this year than, than the Rams are. Uh, this is going to be, I think, a low-scoring game. In fact, it might come down to Lamar Jackson's legs in this game. And I think, uh, you know, you're going to start Mark Ingram, but I would temper my expectations there. And Devonta Freeman, I know he might actually play this week. The foot injury, the Saints run defense, very good. Uh, that leads to fantasy bench, you know, especially if he's iffy. Uh, if you if you got to start them, start them and, and cross your fingers and hope and pray something good happens there. Uh, maybe you might get a short score or whatever, but, you know, I, I wouldn't count on it. How about a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Yeah, the loss of Mark Skura for the center for the Ravens could also be something worth watching yep. down the road. A yep. um, couple of guys are caution plays or probably must-starts for you anyway. I'm going to start with Nick Chubb. It's a caution play, like I said. The Steelers actually did a pretty good job of bottling him up a few weeks ago. He got about 100 yards, but he had like 30 touches to get it. And the split in touches in the few weeks since then is costing him the total package he once had. Uh, I don't think he's going to get the volume he needs to be a running back one this week. And the Steelers are actually pretty good at limiting the running back so far with zero 100-yard games allowed and the fourth fewest fantasy points per game. And then, believe it or not, I'm going to say Derrick Henry's on my caution playlist this week. Uh, even though he's winding up for another late-season barrage like he had last year, he's far better at home and on grass than he is on turf and on the road. And this year, his splits between those two are even more stark, like five and almost six yards per game uh, on grass and three and a half yards per game on turf, kind of the opposite of what most speed guys get. Then you look at the Colts. They've been posting some great run defense numbers recently with no running back reaching 11 standard fantasy points since Henry had 15 in week two. The Colts are now at 29 straight games without a 100-yard rusher allowed, so this is definitely a rock meeting a hard place. Yeah, I tell you, I'm surprised by the Colts' run defense. Very good unit there. How about a couple of wide receivers you like and why? I really like Chris Conley. Um, he's been coming on. Nick Foles said one of the reasons he wanted to come to Jacksonville is because of the relationship he had with Chris Conley when they played together in KC. There is definitely a bond. And very quietly, Conley has seven-plus targets in five straight games, more yards than Chark over that time, actually, in those five games, and has 17 targets from Foles the last two weeks since he's been back. I think he's bound to break out with all that opportunity, and a game against a team that allows the most fantasy points to wide receivers seems like the time. So I like Conley to break out this week. And then I like Tyler Boyd. We mentioned earlier Andy Dalton's back in. This is simple math. He was averaging 10 targets a game when Dalton was in the lineup and six and a half targets per game when Ryan Finley was in the lineup. Dalton comes back, helps him a bunch, as well as the Jets' pass defense that allows the third most touchdowns to wide receivers so far, despite not allowing any in their last two games. I also believe the Bengals will trail a lot in this one, so there should be a high-volume passing attack with Andy Dalton. There you go. Uh, I'm going to jump on the Chark bandwagon for the same reason you like Conley. Uh, Chark's obviously the uh, primary guy there, and uh, Bucks can't stop anybody. So whether your name is Chris Godwin or Mike Evans or whatever, or DJ Chark or Chris Conley, uh, is an issue there for Tampa Bay. Worse than the league against the pass. Okay, I also like Devonta Parker. Wow, uh, yeah, uh, he's a click. Uh, lousy Eagle secondary. Fitzpatrick has been finding Parker. Parker's been producing each week. I think he catches a score this week, so if you need him as a flex option, stick him in there. Don't worry about it. Uh, a couple of guys I'm, I'm uh, really cautious about. Keenan Allen. Ugh. He posted an ugly 4-18. Four catches, 18 yards in week five against the Broncos. For every reason that you don't like Phillip Rivers, I don't like Keenan Allen in this game. It's, it's just going to be all over him, Chris Harrison all. Uh, and another guy I'm going to be careful about is Christian Kirk. Um, Jalen Ramsey, I think he's not going to allow much to Kirk this week. Uh, 
might be a, Fitz, a Fitzgerald game uh, for for the Cardinals there. But I know that Jalen Ramsey's kind of used they, they used a little bit of zone and they put him actually on Mark Andrews and that's why Marquise Brown Hollywood scored twice on Monday night. I don't think they're going to make this mistake here because <laughs> the uh, the the, uh, the team there Arizona doesn't have a uh, tight end. So so anyway, uh, I'd be careful with Christian Kirk this week. How about a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, Chris? I just realized we both touted Conley and, and DJ Charks. You realize D.D. Westbrook's going to go off for Jacksonville this week. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yep, guaranteed. A couple of wide receivers I don't like. I'm going to start with Kenny Galladay. He's already taken a huge hit with the swift switch to Jeff Driscoll, taking a backseat to Marvin Jones. And now Driscoll might even be out, like you mentioned earlier, with that hamstring, which would put David Blau in the lineup. Oh, my gosh. Without touchdowns, his stock is very low, and the Bears have allowed a second-best five passing touchdowns only. He's averaged only nine PPR points the last three weeks, and now he faces the Bears defense on a short week. I think he's a risky play on Thursday. And then I don't like Tyrell Williams this week. His targets have dropped steadily over the last half of the season, and his value was very tied to touchdowns, which he hasn't had in five weeks. The Chiefs are actually pretty good against the wide receiver, and they're mostly getting beat out of the slot where Williams rarely lines up. They've only allowed three wide receiver touchdowns since week four and no 100-yard receivers all season, so there's really not a lot of reasons to like Ty Williams this week. Okay, I'm about to, to a couple of tight ends you like and why. Well, I'll start with Gerald Everett. It's obvious. You find a tight end facing Arizona, you get him in your lineup, and he's a little bit dinged, so you've got to be careful here before putting him in your lineup. But clearly the matchup is prime. He has stepped up in the very tight end friendly matchups all year, so seeing the Cardinals has to whet his appetite for destruction. And then I really love Kyle Rudolph this week. Uh, amazingly, the Seahawks have allowed as many tight end receptions as the Cardinals have. Uh, most people don't realize that. Well, because they allowed 19 grabs in a score last week to the position, to the Eagles. Rudy has actually scored five touchdowns in the last five games and looks like a solid bet to score again. He scored in three straight road games as well. So good bet, especially in basic scoring leagues for Kyle Rudolph. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Darren Waller. I think, uh, you know, he's kind of had a couple of down weeks here, but I think he's going to produce light, nicely against the Chiefs. Uh, like you said, that uh, they, uh, they lost Hunter Renfro there, and uh, Ty Williams, uh, they played very well against wide receivers there, so I think Waller's going to pick up the slack there. And uh, Ryan Griffin has been scoring like every week. Uh, I think he had a stick with a hot hand against the Bengals there. Uh, I know that the last time Mark Andrews sc- uh, scored twice against them, so uh, I, I like Ryan Griffin in this game. A couple of guys I'm, I'm worried about. Uh, Jason Wynn is really t- Tailed off. Uh, the Bills have allowed one tight end score in 2019. That's all you need to know there. And Tyler Eifer for the Cincinnati Bengals. The Jets have allowed two tight end scores in 2019. So I would not trust Witten or Eifert with my uh, tight end position on my fantasy roster this week at all. How about a couple of uh, tight ends you're not crazy about and why? Some guys with big name recognition that have vastly underperformed. They're almost auto flicks based on their performance. One is Jimmy Graham. He also, besides underperforming, it's a really tough matchup. The G-Men have only allowed tight end action to the Cowboys and nobody else. They allowed 15 catches and three touchdowns in two games to the tight end against the Cowboys and only a total of 22 catches and zero touchdowns in the other nine games. Uh, They've only allowed averaging five PPR points per game in the last four to tight end, and eight of the 11 games have allowed less than seven PPR points per game. So they're just letting nothing through to the tight end. And then I don't like either O.J. Howard or Cameron Brait for for Tampa. Neither is performing consistently. In the last four games, they have combined to post five zeros and a one two-point game out of six six of their eight games at two points or less. So just forget about Arians using a tight end like ever. And then the Jags have also been averaging only allowing three targets per week to the tight end and the third fewest catches to the position. So forget these guys this week and probably for the rest of the year. Yep, 
Okay, how about one hit wonders at kicker and defense hit me with them? I'll start with Sam Ficken, um, the, the unknown guy for the Jets. He's actually had three out of four really good games recently during this Jets hot streak, and Miami allows the most PATs and the second-most field goal attempts. And then the former Mr. Irrelevant, Ryan Suckup, the Colts allow a fair number of field goal attempts and kicker points, and he has some big games in this matchup in his history going back. Uh, for defenses, I like the Chargers going into Denver. They're coming off a bye week, and they play much better on the road, and Denver has just not been very good on offense, so that's a good opportunity there. And you mentioned earlier the Packers have been hot. The Packers at the Giants, the turnover machine Daniel Jones has to face kind of a pissed-off Packers defense that just got abused on national television by the 49ers. Okay. Uh, we want to remind everyone a premium weekly in-season newsletter purchase gets you free access to our subscriber uh, premium forum where there are 4,000 subscribers registered, rating the voice or opinion. Thank you for joining us. Uh, for Chris Rito, this is Michael Azrak. We'll see you all next week when we preview week 14, and we're getting into December, people, so put on your overcoat. <laughs> it's getting chilly out there. Good night, and good luck to everyone still playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.